This is uh, Matthew Shulman um, on um, microphones in Halacha, uh, Memorial Day, 2008. When you speak into it, you can actually move the molecules of the air closer and farther apart. So you can have you can have the the um, a compression, which is when the when all the molecules get pushed together from where they usually are. You can have a rarefication. That's a fancy physics term for when they're spread apart. So I'll just use the I can use the fancy the simple term spread apart. So what happens is you with your mouth and your vocal cords cause the air to be pushed together and spread apart a certain number of times per second. Okay? It's called the frequency. Everyone, everyone's blazing. It's like, we're losing everyone. <laughs> every second, every, every second when you speak, you have a certain number of compressions and rarefications. A certain frequency of times when, per second, that the air is close together and then apart. Close together, apart. Close together, apart. So, usually when you speak, that travels through the air and hits someone's ear. Now, the second stage in, in B is the sound waves travel through the air as waves of compression and rarefied molecules. You can look at the little picture if you want to see it as like a demonstration. You can compare the slinky with the air molecules. The slinky, you can shoot the, um, the compression, a compression wave through a slinky and it will go down. The slinky itself doesn't move, but the part that's close together, the, the parts of the links that are close together, they travel down the, uh, the slinky. So the same thing happens with with air, you have air. Let's say you have air in the room. So the air, the pressed together air, spreads out as after you talk, and it moves through the air. Okay. The picture on the left, uh, towards the um, a little lower down in the slinky, that's a picture of a bunch of sound waves traveling through the air. You can see some of the, these little dots are supposed to be molecules. So you have a sound wave. You have molecules that are close together, far apart, close together, far apart. You kind of get the, uh, the idea. If we, if you were able to see. The, the molecules, that's what you'd see. You'd see a lot of them per second. You might not be able to even see them. So, it's, you wouldn't be able to see them so fast. But that slows down also. Okay. Now, what happens in a microphone? Here we go into the physics of uh, microphones. So, when, you, when someone speaks into a microphone, we have to take those sound waves and turn them into an electrical signal. Okay? There's a little picture of a microphone here. Now, this is, this is a microphone which works based on induction, which is... Um, one of the physics, I think the only physics principle that I want to explain today, which is when you move a magnet near a coil of wire, okay, this is induction, everyone, now we know some physics, when you have a, a coil of wire moving with, or a, a magnet moving near a coil of wire, that creates a current in the, uh, in the wire. So, that's actually how your generators, the generators that power our plants, uh, our houses, Power plant works based on induction. When you move a magnet near a wire, you create a current. So in this kind of microphone, which I decided to give you as an example, when you, what happens is the person's voice comes into the microphone. It hits a little uh, piece of something, a latex or paper. And when the, when the paper moves back and forth, it moves the microphone or it moves, it moves a, um, a magnet or a wire back and forth near near a, uh, the wire moves near a magnet, and that creates a current. Everyone uh, with me on this one? Yes. Is this essentially the same for a radio and a telephone? The, 
the pickup on a telephone it works a little differently. It works usually as far as our uh, goals are. We're going to, in the end, halakhically, it's probably not going to make a difference. There's a lot of different kinds of microphones and pickups. I mean, it doesn't have to work in this. There are other physics principles that I didn't want to start going through, all the physics and different kinds of microphones. So some microphones work based on compression of carbon, which um, changes the electric uh, current. But well, either way, we have, what we have is we have some sort of physics principle working to change the air molecules that are close together and far apart, switching them from air molecules that are switching every second to an electric current that changes every second. And that's the trick, to get the, it's called mechanical energy, the energy of, your, of, of the sound, to switch it to an electrical energy, an electrical current. Okay? So that's what happens in the microphone. So let's go on. You create an electrical single because the principle of induction, that's actually a D. Right? This signal has the same frequency as the original sound. The reason why we're able to reproduce the sound is because the number of changes per second stays the same. So the number of times that you push the air together, that gets, even though the, uh, the air, the, the compression of the air is gone, but the electrical signal has the same number of, of uh, it goes up and down at the same frequency, the same rate per second, okay? Now, the problem is that the, the, um, the current that you create, we're going to page two here. The current that you create on, in the microphone is a very small amount of current because you're only moving the, uh, the, the wire and the battery, very low, the, uh, the wire and the, the magnet, very small amount. So we use um, an amplifier which basically uses a small electrical current to create, a, to modify a larger electrical current. Okay, you have a big, you plug your amp into the wall, and there's a big current running through the amp, and then the input changes that current to go up and down based on the, uh, the amount of current that we're in putting in the smaller current. Okay, fine. Now let's talk about how the speaker works. Let's go to section F. So, I have a little picture, and if you want, you can look at my amp. You can actually see this in the back um, after the show, but I don't want to pass it around. <laughs> so, um, if you look, there's basically three parts to an amp, and it actually works kind of the opposite of the... Uh, of the microphone. You have a magnet, okay, and you have a coil of wire. Everyone see that the magnet is a little uh, thing that says magnet attachment cone, that's the magnet. And you have a coil of wire in the middle of that. And the coil of wire is connected to something called a cone, which is, if you ever take the cover off of an amp, you can see this big thing, and if you see a bass amp, you actually see it vibrating back and forth. If it's, uh, if it's kind of going slow, if it's a low frequency, so you can see the thing moving in and out. So. What happens, what happens is the current which is flowing through the wire, when you change that current, or when you create a current, that, becomes, that causes the wire to become, a, the, uh, the coil to become a magnet. That's another physics principle called um, electromagnetism, which says you can create a magnet by flowing current through a wire. I apologize for throwing all this stuff out at one time. When I taught this in class, I taught it in like three days. So, um, we basically... Through changing the current in the wire, we can move the, uh, the cone back and forth. Now, the important thing is, look at the, in F, in the end of F, it says the cone moves at the same frequency as the original sound. Now, the, the point is that we can keep the sound the same, even though we switched it from an electric current, from a sound wave to an electric current, to a different electric current, and then we're actually moving the cone to create another sound wave. All these things are the same exact frequency. Everything is going back and forth the same amount of times per second. That's what stays the same all the way throughout the process. 
Okay, we're coming to the end here. Are there many frequencies, not just one frequency? What's that? Are there many frequencies? Otherwise, it would just be a pure sound. Oh, that's the start and stop. Every time you have a sound, it has to be a frequency. I mean, your ear here is a, fre- a certain frequency, and then that you. We get to that, but yeah, obviously, that can't be the same frequency the whole time through. But the point is that the way that each instantaneously the way it works is by transferring the same frequency. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Like the C, a note C on a piano doesn't sound like a note C on a violin. That's okay. That's, that's a good that's a good point, but I don't get into that. Basically, that's because that's because of harmonics. It's, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, you're right, but that's not that's going to be another another hour lesson of how how instruments are different. So that's a good point. I mean, each instrument works differently. There's a lot of there's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of nuance of frequencies, and you can have also amplification. Parts of the sound can be higher than other parts, in, but let's just I'll try to just do it, stick with the simple physics. Um, I mean, all all sound waves is there's always the compression and the rarefication. That's the important point. I mean, there's no, nothing else being traveled through the air except for compression and rarefication. So, and and that's happening at a certain frequency. Your two ears perceive that. Okay. So, so we have the uh, the moving speaker. And that creates uh, another sound wave. So that's section G. The moving cone pushes the air molecules together and back, creating a sound wave the same frequency as the original sound. And section H is you have a little picture of your ear with a little, uh, those little lines are supposed to be sound waves, supposed to be compression waves coming into your ear. So the compression waves move through the air, they come into your ear, that's why your ear is kind of big, it catches the, it catches the sound waves coming in. And um, inside your ear, you have the eardrum. The eardrum is a little piece of skin which moves back and forth. It's very tight and uh, very complicated how your body translates that into a sound. But the point is that based on the amount of time that the eardrum moves back and forth every second, your brain is able to perceive what the sound. Okay. Congratulations, everyone. Now that's how microphones work. Okay. So now we get to. Uh, anyone have any questions? Like over yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so basically, I'll just give a summary. The way the post can talk about it, if anyone lost me, I, I think it's important to understand the details because the post can do think that this is important how the science works. But basically, we have we have uh, compression waves. We have sound waves, which are compressed air being switched to electrical current, which goes up and down for every time, uh, a certain amount of times per second, and then switched back into a sound wave. That's how microphone works. Okay, so now let's talk about halakha. So before uh, I start the sources, I just wanted to give a little uh, rant about... Yes? Back up one second. You keep using the term up and down, and I'm missing something there. When I've got a sound wave in air, mm-hmm. I've got molecules moving mm-hmm. at a certain... You know, that's the frequency of the wave. Right. And that gets translated to a current. What is oscillating? I mean, first, the first current is turned. It depends how the microphone works. I mean, in the case I gave you, it just turns on and off. But then that, the second current, the second circuit that you have is going to always be on. But when you, what turn? So the current you, if, if a frequency of 440 hertz hits. If you do an induction, microphone that works based on induction, the current every time. The, the first current that comes into the you, when you hit the microphone, the first current when when the when the uh, magnet is moving. Well, actually, in that particular case, 
but it's moving one way, it's going to create a current one way, it's moving back, it's going to create a current the other direction. So the current will be switching back and forth. So what's oscillating at the same frequency as the sound wave is the AC? In that case. I mean, if, but you, if you have like an AC, right. Oh, okay. Yeah. And a telephone would actually be going up, meaning it would be getting higher and lower because, you know, it's worth well, What's higher and lower? Meaning the amount frequency of the current. current. Current flowing through. The amount of current. Yeah. That's going to change at the same frequency. Okay. In, in each case, it's going to be a different. The, the, each microphone is going to work differently. Some of them will will always have a current flowing through and it's just going to get higher and lower, and other ones will just create current. So, okay? So, so let's talk about Halakha. So I have a little rant to make, and I'm going to get back to that. So, uh, this, this basically, um, from what I learned from my teachers, this uh, issue, there was kind of like a, a bias, I'd say, towards one opinion in Halakha, and that was that, well, microphones, if you think about it, I just explained it, we all, now we all understand, we're all experts, so we see that, look at the microphone, it really has nothing to do with your voice, your voice is the first voice, and then it gets switched around to something completely different, extra current has nothing to do with voice, extra current, we're talking about that, but it's nothing to do with sound, and then it gets switched back to the sound, there's no connection. So, uh, some of my teachers, they said, well, it doesn't make any sense, to say that you can be able to any mitzvahs, you can't consider a microphone your voice. Okay, fine. So when I learned it, I was thinking, okay, fine. You, you wonder, because every time you go to a wedding, and I happened to be at a wedding yesterday, and uh, I noticed that when we made the shower brothos, you know, not all the, some of the, we called some big rabbis up, I don't know, some not so big rabbis, we called rabbis, and they, and they all came up to a microphone, and they all, and most of them spoke at the microphone, and they all said the shadow brothers in front of the in the front of the microphone. So, question is, what were they? You know, are they are they just thinking? Are they not? They not know this rule that it doesn't count. Most they, the way it was taught to me, most opinions hold that it's not allowed. I read an article. And most opinions hold that uh, a microphone uh, is no good. You can't be, you can't use that. So, it makes me wonder. Sometimes, once in a while, I go to a wedding. Are my blessed? Rabbi Blythe uh, will uh, of you when he goes to a wedding, he, or he has his son's wedding. He didn't allow uh, he didn't allow him to use microphones at all. He said this, this is no good, and we'll see why which opinions he's, he's uh, basing his opinion on. It's no good. The problem is the Minogi Israel, I think, in general, is to use microphones. Maybe it's because of the catering halls and the and the uh, they all want everyone to hear. And what's not so interesting, but. You know, you want you wonder. I mean, you want to think that maybe people are being are being yotze according to someone, or possibly being yotze. Another problem I had with it is uh, hearing aids. Meaning, Rishon uh, Lozan points out this too, and we can see a little later. According to the opinion that says the microphones are not considered your voice or a speaker. I mean, a hearing aid works on similar principles, or some hearing aids work on similar principles. That so we take a sound, we switch it into a signal, and then we switch it into a, and we amplify it. So according to that opinion, anyone who has a hearing aid is never Yotse Chris McGill, is never Yotse chauffeur, is never Yotse, can never say a main to a bracha. I mean, it's a very, I mean, Shalom Zalman actually says that he can't say a main, I, I believe, to, uh, to a bracha. So, it's a, uh, I mean, obviously that's not a halakhic logical reason, but you still emotionally would like to figure out, is it really so obvious that you're not Yotse? So we'll, we'll, we'll look into it. Yes. I've heard that the hakpada by using a microphone at a simcha is that there are, is at least a minion of Right. We'll talk about that. I don't know if that makes sense. That's based on certain posting. I'm not sure if that makes that much sense, but we'll talk about it. Yes. The hearing aid for a bracha for a man isn't that 
work with the same principle as the Gemara with the Shulah. Yeah, it's possible. We can talk. I don't know if we're going to be able to have time to tell because all this, these, all these details, we'll, we'll try to get to it. Okay. Okay, so I'll quickly run through. This is the background source. We have on the bottom of page two, we have source section two, Alakha. We have uh, a Mishnah, which uh, is uh, the, kind of the basic source on, on sound that you find in the Mishnah. There aren't that many sources on microphones for some reason. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, we, don't, we can't have, we, we can't find uh, the phenomenon we're on discussing this particular case. So this is a similar, well, not a similar case, but a possible comparable case. So the Mishnah says, so this means the person who is uh, blowing shofar, and the Gemara says the cases where he's blowing it, one person, the person blowing is blowing inside, the, blowing the shofar is inside a pit, and there's someone standing outside the pit. And they hear, if the Mishnah says, if they hear kol habara, if they hear, we'll just call it kol habara, which may mean the later call of echo, but it's not completely clear what exactly call of vara is. And uh, then, they're, then they're not Yodzei. If you hear this secondary call, you're not Yodzei. But if you hear the first call, then if you hear the actual sound of the shofar, you are Yodzei. Okay, so the Gemara discusses this, and I didn't give you the Gemara, but the Gemara discusses how the, uh, the call of vara, this repeat call comes much later. So, you actually you're hearing the first sound and the second sound possibly. So I say this well, a simple way of learning this this mission is just say that you're talking about delay. You're talking about second wave, right? Meaning when you have an echo. You can you, you speak and then you have another sound comes that bounces. And the way an echo works is it bounces off of a, a wall, it bounces off of a smooth surface and an object. It has to bounce off a few usually, and then it has to go, it has to travel a long way, so you can actually perceive that it's happening later, and then it bounces back and hits your ears, so you can hear sound later. So, the simple way of learning, I'd say, and we'll see in the discussion in the postgame, is that you're actually hearing two sounds at once. You're hearing the original sound and the second sound, so the sounds are getting mixed up. Since the sounds are getting mixed up, so then you can't be Yotze, you can't be Yotze using either one, because the sound is, not, is no longer a good sound. So let's see, uh, let's see uh, what the post can say. So, the Taz is a very interesting thing about this, uh, about this halakha. I'm skipping all the way to Afronim, but he says, if you look at the underlying line on, on page 3, So you have someone blowing the chauffeur, and you have a guy who has, you know, sometimes you get a real, gets a strong falsokea. Uh, and you can, someone who's standing down the block in here. So the guy's standing far away from the shul, and he hears the, uh, the chauffeur. So you think that's fine. You know, a guy, let's say uh, you're on a rush or whatever, and he doesn't want to stop him the whole day, so why can't he just stand out, outside the shul down the block and hear the chauffeur? So the task says, So he, he, he basically ends up saying, and give you the whole thing, but he basically says that it's a problem to listen to the uh, the the shofar far away from the basic nonsense because the sound gets gets much quieter. It gets much. It possibly gets a little bit um, distorted. You can't hear it as as well as the same in the same way. So the Bureau also discusses the Taz, and he says it seems from the Taz. I'm not going to read everything inside, but if you look at it, you can peruse it for your own uh, enjoyment. 
He says it seems with the Taz, the way he's reading it is that Kolobar means you have a quiet sound. Okay? The sound is quieter. You can't hear it as well. That's why he says if you're far away, even if you're not in a, a pit or anything, the Mishnah isn't just talking about it. A pit is talking about if the sound is quiet, you can't be open. So, according to the Taz, according to that way of saying, I would say, I mean, what would you say? Is it related to microphones? Not really, because just because you're using a microphone, the sound isn't at all lowered or minimized, it's actually loud, louder. Um, so, the simple way of reading from the base of the Taz that we can't necessarily learn from here. The question is, why is the quieter sound not, not, yet, not good? Not addressing the fact that it's electrical at all. That's right. This is uh, completely irrelevant. The, the, this is quoted by the postcam, since I'm giving the background. Okay? Well, the problem with the Taz is, actually, I don't see any um, differentiation. It's being arbitrary. What the Right. Where's the, right. That's a good question. Why, why, where would you actually say that the sound is no longer a sound? I, mean, you have no, the last, I looked at the postcard. I didn't see anyone who says, okay, so at 100 meters now or at 100 almost, it's no longer the sound. It's a good question. Yeah, I, I guess they would, the way it sounds like the way that they're saying, the Biralafa says it, is that once you hear a faint sound, the sound is no longer a strong sound. You hear something that seems to you faint and not your sound. I don't know. <laughs> Complaints of Todd, on me. <laughs> okay, so... So, uh, so, all right. So the Taz himself says that he thinks, if you look at the, at the, at the underlying part, he says after the second line, um, he says, he quotes that uh, a second line is Avalaniya Zaiti, the Kol Avara Amarlinya Shofar Perusho Kol Urbab. It's a mixed-up sound. The sound is, is distorted. It's either because the sound is distorted through the through the uh, the pit, or because you have this double sound. You have an echo. So that's the first thing. We have when you have distortion. The mission seems to be saying it's a problem. If you look at the bottom of the Taz, he says the very last two lines. He talks about. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, the very last one. Yeah, we're, we're reading the very last. Sorry about that. So at the bottom of the very last. He doesn't, they don't discuss trade calling with Lamish Dhamma in this case. Well, probably because of the, since they're exactly the same, then maybe it's not a problem. But every time you speak, you actually, you're, you hear some reverberations. You hear sounds bouncing off the wall and hitting your ears. So you can say, well, I have two different sounds, so I's not Yose any bit forever unless I stand in the middle of an empty field. But we don't, obviously don't hold that way. So we don't consider a problem of sound with an echo. Meaning, okay, so, if you look at the very bottom, he talks about echo straight out, the Biralafa. He says, It's natural, based on the laws of physics. The Tokea Benaharim, if you blow a shofar between mountains, over Yar, or in a forest, Nishma Kola Choser, you hear the sound coming back to you, back to you. With the Stamla Posim, below his Kiro, the Yeshli Darwin is that. Since the Posim don't say anything about that, they don't think there's a problem with that, Najma, the Ainzat Yerbuch Akol, this is not considered a distortion of the, of the sound. That's just a doubling of the sound. You actually hear the sound coming back to you. So, the Bureau of Office says, bottom line, based on this mission, we can take out that the only problem is when you have a distortion. The sound doesn't sound the same. If you're an echo, you know, it kind of sounds like, you could, I could have heard it before. It wasn't the same sound as, as the voice. It was like kind of, like, gets a little garbled. So that would be the only problem. If you hear a distinct echo, then it wouldn't be any problem, according to the, uh, According to the Bir okay. Yes. The term uh, ear, ear you're saying is distortion. Can you have it mixed without being distorted? 
I mean, I, I assume because uh, if you, if, I'm not sure because if you hear the second sound, he's saying if you hear the second sound, it's not a problem. I mean, call on Nick to hear two sounds, one and then another one. It's not the sound's not, it's not an issue. Right. So, so he's, he's, he's saying that this is your blue, your hand, echo coming from? No, he's saying it's not your blue. He's saying echo since since no one says anywhere that you have to not blow chauffeur when you hear an echo, so he says it's not it's not an issue. So, yes. I'm just trying to get at that the support for the idea that this has to do with mission. What what do let's talk about we understand what that means. What's a deuce and a pitus? Oh, these are just different kinds of like uh, underground chambers, like a, a well or a cistern, different kinds of. I think different. You should say different explanations, but it all has to do with underground things that make echoes. Okay. All right. So now. Can put some numbers in. Sound travels about a split a millisecond. So we say the sound, a later sound. 20 feet, the difference in path length is 20 feet and 20 milliseconds. So the sound of the shoulder blood is a lot longer than 20 milliseconds. So there's an overlap in these sounds. It's not that there's one and the other. Right? Right. That's, that's, I mean, the, you only hear an echo if it's going to be like 700 meters away or something. It has to be like, it has to be that it has to be. 700 milliseconds. Right. It has to be that you can actually perceive it based on your, your hearing. But, I mean, that, that, the question is that gentleman, one sound ends and the other sound begins. No, that's not, I don't think that that's what's happening, but I think since the sound is the same, then it's not, since the sound isn't distorted, then it's not a problem. I, I think that's the only way to read what the Bureau of Love is saying. Yeah, I mean, right, here, like right, you wouldn't be able to blow the chauffeur and finish ear, your chauffeur and then hear the echo. It wouldn't. My left ear hears you right. before my right ear does, that's how I know you're standing over there. Right. There's always a delay in the sound coming into your brain. Right. Right, we're going to get to that. Well, we'll talk, actually, let's, well, let's, let's move on, because we're going to get to the point that every sound has delay. Okay, so, here we go. Uh, this is the, the, uh, the opinion of, uh, as I said, uh, many of them nowadays, or of like uh, others, who say that um, there's, you're not okay with the microphone. So let's look at the Minchat Shlomo. He's the Shlomo known to have Shlomo is known to have researched carefully the, um, the science behind the halakha. If you look at his... He, he gives a long explanation in microphones. He also gives one in refrigerators. And refrigerators are actually a lot more, I think, complicated than microphones. And he still goes through the whole cycle of how a refrigerator works. So, what was that? So, uh, so the Mitzvah Shlomo was known to understand the, the physics, and he came out straight out that you cannot be able to say any mitzvot with a microphone. So let's read why he says the problem. So. I'm just going to read the underlying parts. He says, the only time a person can be considered hearing a sound is when the sound wave created by your voice or not your voice, but the chauffeur vibrating uh, travels straight from through the air and straight to the person's ear. However, so he says, Mavrar is a, a speaker. So even though, he, but if you hear from a speaker and you only hear the sound of the speaker moving forward and back, even though the moving forward and back creates the exact same sound as the chauffeur itself, you still cannot be Yosef. Okay? So I heard uh, a brother of uh, Muncie 
he, when he gives this uh, shear about microphones, someone told me that he said, when you use a, a microphone, it's not that you're speaking and then, and then, and then it's coming out to the speaker. The way Rosh Hashanah is saying is that as though you had like, uh, uh, let's say a non-Jew or like a monkey or whatever, whatever it is, someone is not yet high of the mitzvot and not connected to mitzvot, and you speak over here, and then the person over there hears you and says it much louder, the exact same thing. But it's nothing to do with you. It's completely separate, right? So Rosh Hashanah says, look, look what's happening in the microphone. You're talking into the microphone, and then the sound is coming out of the speaker. But there's no connection between between the two of you. The speaker is, uh, it could be a, you know, a, a monkey that's standing there with another chauffeur blowing the chauffeur, and that, that doesn't uh, have anything to do with your uh, with your act, okay? People are looking at me skeptically, I don't know. That's, that's what Rasulullah Zalman says. He says, he proves it, he says, look, I mean, if you think about it, if you could create the same sound with the speaker using a recording, so how can we say that my act of blowing the chauffeur causes that, that, that sound to be created? That's Rasulullah Zalman's logic, yeah. Seems to me it requires something specific. What's that? Because on the one hand, you can say, if you do that, you're not using a machine. That's, we're getting to that. That's my, that's yeah, my, that's the, my logic. The, I think. the difference yeah. is, the difference is that one is just, one is obviously just an, an extension of my hand, as Right. The other one may be creating a new speaker. Right. So that's, that's exactly, I think that's one of the two ways of saying that, that it is considered your voice. Well, we'll get that. Yeah. Then you would say with the echo, they're totally different. An echoed voice is your voice. It's not. It's not right. Voice. That's why. That's why Shlomo can say, and he says it, that uh, when you have an echo, you're yotzei because it's still a mechanical sound wave. It's still the the air molecules were moving and they're moving back, but they're still air molecules. They never switch in between. Yes. He's not basing this on the mission. He quotes the mission. He says that based on the mission, it, it must be that you're not yotzei. Because the Mishnah says that if you hear any distortion, it must not be Yosei, so here also, you're not Yosei. It's not clear exactly why it's exactly the same, unless he learns that the Mishnah means distortion, there's also distortion, but that, he doesn't really base himself on any, he says, it, he, says and he says the logic is so compelling, he doesn't need to say any, real, he doesn't have, he has a lot of different stories, but, yeah. Not just for one minute, but that? Portion that we have to be concerned that, uh, because of the Doppler effect that the, when you're listening to a bracha or you're listening to a show for both you and the... And the right, that's, that's the, yeah, I was thinking about that actually. I was looking, I was trying to figure out if there would be any, if there would be any difference in being able to say mitzvahs with, with, if you're moving towards or away from it and changing it. No, I'm not sure. That's a good, that's a good point. According to the behind the glass, Right. That's a good, I was also thinking about that, meaning, but that, that's not necessarily true, because what's happening, the only thing that happens there is that the sound waves, instead of being compression, instead of being compression of air, it's compressed, it's compressing the glass, and it travels through the glass, but it's no, still it's the same. No, it's not true, it's not traveling. Yeah, well, it vibrates the glass. I mean, it has to vibrate, but it's not but it's still mechanical. I mean, it's still you're right. The glass is a diamond. That's what I'm saying. It's not. You don't really know. But it's still mechanical. It's still a movement. It's still something moving. It's not the same air molecules. When I speak, the air molecules that are being perturbated right outside my lips are not what's hitting your ear. Right. These molecules hit the molecule next to it. Yeah, we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. The only difference is the glass in between. So the molecule hits the glass. The glass vibrates, causes the molecules on the other side of your glass. No, you're actually right because you're actually right because the Shlomo Zalman says that when you use a, he says that you could be a United Yotze when you're using one of those um, 
No, they have it. The high school football game. What do they call it? Megaphone. Megaphone. They don't need any electricity. But he says that if it's possible, that since the megaphone is vibrating, and it's not your mouth causing the vibration, so that maybe you're not used to using that either, which which is a big finish, I'd say. But he says even when you use a megaphone, it could be you're not used to <laughs> I mean, but the analogy doesn't quite work, right? Because what comes out of the microphone is, if you don't say anything, nothing comes out of the microphone. And when it comes out, it's right. right. That's exactly the logic. Time right. that is dictated by science when it'll come out, and it has the same tone pitch. Exactly. That's why. That's the reason why I think that this isn't so simple. But Rasulullah Dalman says, well, look, you could have made the sound just by pushing a button or by playing a recording or whatever. So how can you say that's considered my voice? That's Rasulullah Dalman's logic. I say the argument is what you're saying. We're going to get that. So, so that, that's your soul is on. So let's just go on. So we have a lot to say. So we have the Chazanich, page four. The Chazanich is definitely no small fry. I mean, I think it's, it's silly to just ignore these cheetahs and say that they didn't understand the science because this is my proof that I don't think that, he, that the Chazanich was, was completely in the dark about the science because Rasulullah Zalman himself in the true rights, I discussed it. If you look at here, he says, after I wrote this, uh, I'm not going to translate everybody. He said, the source, Solomon says, after I wrote my tshuva, I discussed this topic of microphones with the Chazanich. And I assume he explained to him his understanding of the science. He didn't just say to him, well, what do you think about microphones? And especially considering what, what, he, what he answered him. So uh, the Chazanich answered, Since the sound is created through the speaking, meaning, your only, only microphone only goes on, the speaker only speaks when someone's talking into the microphone. And since the, uh, the voice is heard immediately after the speaker, after, this is what Rasulullah Zaman is uh, focusing on after, he said, the Chazanish wasn't sure about it, he said, possibly. That might also be considered like you're hearing it directly from the person. So the way Rasulullah Zalman says the Chazanish will read, but the way the Chazanish would read the Mishnah is that it has to be a delay. The reason why the, uh, the the case of the pit, you know, I know it's because of a delay. Okay. So what exactly is the logic of uh, the Chazanish? He did it. He was very terse, or at least the quote that we have in Rasulullah Zalman is very terse. He says, uh, he says. I'll just read it again. Shakal Nishma Notsayadeim Dabra. It's created by the speaker. Vigama Kal Nishma Miyat. It's also heard immediately. Kedarat Hamadabrim. In the way of speakers. Okay? That's what, the way of someone talking. You, when you talk into a microphone, you hear it the same way that you were having a conversation. You hear it out of the microphone immediately. Okay? So, I think what the Chazanish is saying is what, uh, is what is what is what we were discussing earlier. It could be that it's like creating something like uh, a machine. So we'll see. We'll see what does Allah say about a machine. Okay. So we actually did have something like a machine in the uh, in the mish in the uh, the Gemara in Chulin. We have the following case. Okay. It's, we're on the uh, the fourth page where it says Tam Abba Shefas Chulin. Okay. Explanation of Chazanish. So Amar Mar Shochei B'Mukni Shchitasov Shera. This is the uh, the case. You have uh, it's a little bit. It's kind of like those. What are those machines that they you can do? They they go through one stage, another stage, another stage. Rube Goldberg. Sound like a Rube Goldberg machine. You have a you have a wheel connected. You have a water wheel, and you decide to connect to your water wheel a knife. 
asleep at night. And you take your animal and you put it right next to the water wheel. And then you turn the water wheel on and the water wheel spins and it checks the animal. The question is, are, is this a kosher shkita? Okay? It's a... What was that? Right. Well, that's let me explain the background. For shkita, you need to have a mice on, you also need to have cough on them. The person, the person, the, the halakha has different degrees of how much a person has to be involved in doing a mitzvah. So with shkita, the person has to actually have, their strength, the person's koach, has to be involved in doing the shkita. Straight brought down in halakha. You need to have the koach adam, okay, it's, it's called. So the question is, is this water wheel turning, so you say, if, you know, if you would have said, you would have asked me without telling me any mishnah to make a mars, I would have said, oh, that's not your strength. That's the strength of the water. I didn't, you didn't do anything. So the, the Gemara doesn't say that. It says, we'll just skip down to the end. It says there's a difference between cooperation and cooperation. If it's immediately after you turn, oh, you open up the, uh, the dam, push the water down, and that turns the wheel, that's considered cooperation. That's your, your act. Even though you're not pushing the water and the water is doing the shkita, since you open the dam to allow the water to flow, that was your action. That's your strength. So, you can be yote shkita. Okay? So, what comes out from this uh, Mishnah, I'd say, for our purposes, is that in order for something to be considered your call-off, your strength, it doesn't necessarily have to be that it's your, on a, on a physics level, it doesn't have to be your energy that you created. It doesn't have to be that you created that energy to move through the air. As long as you cause something immediately, and it's immediate, that's also considered your action, your call. Okay. What? What is my Indefinitely, I've got it all caused by you. 
but it, but it's not considered your action unless it was immediate or right after the, the water. Okay. I don't want to get caught up in this case. I'm just trying to prove something. Yeah. Previous uh, source, Kazarish, he says Mishnah mm-hmm. Miyat. Mm-hmm. So that sounds like the time. I mean, I think that's what he's trying to say. That's why, that's why I'm bringing this on the Kazarish. And you ever have if you ask me, I, mean, I would just tip my head. I'd say I have to do with perception. If you perceive it as immediate, it's happening when you speak. I mean, uh, we're going to talk about that. We'll get to it. Okay, so uh, let's, let's, just, let's just go on a little. So if you don't believe me, this is connected. If you look at the Shalat uh, Shuvah Zayat so he quotes this Gemara, he quotes the discussion, we were saying about Nitzvah Sadaim and Shalat, he quotes all three things, and, uh, and, and uh, for killing someone, he quotes all three things. And he says that, he's actually talking about radio and, uh, and, uh, and a telephone, but he says that it has to deal with how far away you are and how connected you are to the action. So he says that if you're, if you're far away and you're talking on a telephone, that can't be considered your action because you're so far away. Okay? Now, people who are scientists will be cringing because why should it make a difference? Scientifically, there is no difference. But the way he says it is that holistically, we, we define things by uh, the perception, the way people, the way, we, the way the human experience. And if you're talking on a telephone, it's like you... Uh, you open the is by so time. If you open uh, the um, if you open a dam and the water flows very far down, far away from where you opened it, and you use that water to wash your hands, then it's not considered the inaction of the person of opening the dam. But if you're close to the opening of the dam and your hands are dead and you are, it is considered talk God, it is your action. So the Asanov says we can compare these cases, and he says that a telephone is not considered your cause. Okay, but I he doesn't say this, but I would extrapolate that if you were directly, if you were, if it was immediate and you were in the same place, I mean, then you are, then it is considered your action. And uh, if you don't believe me on that one, so if two minutes off Franks is straight out in, uh, in Mikrai Kodesh, that you can be Yose, Kriyos Megillah, a a microphone, because of this exact reason. He says it's considered, even if it's not your voice, it's considered Kokosh Aladam, it's your Koach, this is exactly the term Koach. So he's saying that even though it's not you making the sound, it's still considered uh, it's still considered um, a person the person's action, and it's still considered your voice. Okay. Yes. We spoke in terms of the concept of the carrier and, and the modulation. The information content is in the modulation, not in the carrier. The carrier has no information whatsoever. So the key to the whole thing is the, is the modulation. So if if you have a human creates the modulation, the, the, the that, that's, that's initiated, and then that just exists again in, in, in different forms. So one form is a, as, a, as a sound wave, one form is as a electrical wave. It's the same modulation. Tokay with Tokabor is a distortion. Right. It's not, it's not, the fidelity is not there. Right, so that, that's, that's true, but I'm, that's what I think Ramosha we can maybe explain more along those lines, but I think the Chazanish isn't even saying that. I mean, he's saying it's not, the, the, no, he's, not he's not dealing with that. With that Right, so you can, you can, that's definitely an important part of the halakha, but I don't, I, it's a question in my mind how much halakha considers the, the fact that sound is of frequencies, and I'm not sure if halakha really considers all the details as important for it, meaning we don't necessarily take into microscopic or, we don't necessarily take into all the details. Yeah, what's the truth? What's that? It's a modulation of the sound. It's perception of a human. I don't know if, I'm not sure if it has to do with the sound. I'm not sure what it has to do with the actual physical, uh, 
physical act. It's, it's, it's a good point, but I, I, I think we're going to finish up. So let, let, me just, let me just go through the last, uh, the last discussion here. So there's another logical reason why uh, we can be more, we can be more um, lenient, and that's a remosha in a shuva. This is, um, in his first shuva, he's not so sure, but in, second, in a later shuva, he writes that you can rely on this if, if you have to. He says, the person's in a, in, a, in, a, in, like a, in a hospital, there's no one around to read Megillah for them. You can actually, he says that you can be Yotel, like a, uh, a telephone. So if a person's not sure, let's say, if, I'm not going to anything, I'll just tell you that Ramosha says straight out that if a person is not able to hear Megillah for, some, for whatever reason, you can be Yotel with a telephone. I think initially they broadcast it on the radio. So, so what's Ramosha's logic? Why does he say that you can possibly be Yotel using, uh, using a speaker, using electric current and switching it back to uh, a sound. So he says, um, I'm not going to translate the whole thing straight up, but he says that if the truth is the way people are telling me, not, he wasn't, most of us are acceptable scientists. But he says, if they're really right what the, what the people are telling me, that, that, you all, that you hear a different sound and you don't actually, what's that? That's not a good thing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so that's what he said. If it's really true, it could be it was early and maybe he didn't say, I don't know. Microbiologist? Uh, right. <laughs> so, uh, if it's really true, that since that, um, he says like this. He tells him I'm in the, uh, the second one, the second underlying lines in the second line. He tells him Shekev, I'm in the second line. He this is what we were discussing earlier. What is, what is sound, what is speaking in general? Right? Perhaps, I don't know, perhaps, perhaps sound is just that you create something in the air and it gets to your ear. Right? It actually takes, it has to travel to your ear. And the, the scientists are saying that in order to hear something, it has to travel through the air, which I, I think is true. I mean, I, you know, you can actually take a, if you take a, like a, a bell and you put it inside a, a vacuum tube, you can't hear the bell. You know, it's like so, so it seems like it's true that you can't, that it has to travel through the air. Shiva is manvilu, it takes time for the for the uh, the sound wave to travel through the air. When we call Makom, Nafshav, Shahu, call Adam, it's still considered your voice, right? Bachain, Asher, it's possible Shagama calls Shanishma the microphone, Beishna Medaber, Shashomen also, who Nafshav call Amamish, Bachain, who Yosem Saber. Okay? So he says, what is the sound in general? Maybe this has to do with what you're saying about modulation. A sound in general has to travel through the air. It has to move through the air. And there's, there's a delay. So why should the halakha necessarily care? And this is maybe what you're saying, frequency modulation. And I'm not sure if you can say this, but why does the care if we take the frequency, the changing of the sound waves, and we make them from air molecules to electric current back to... I mean, halakha might not, make it, might not be concerned about that because the halakha just says, well, the sound moves from my mouth and it moves through the air and then it hits your ear or it moves through my mouth it moves through electric current and then it moves through the speaker and it moves through the air but either way it's my direct it's my speaking which is causing the sound to, to be created now the Rabbi Yosef Engel in the Gilyoni Hashas has a similar logic but he says it a little a little sharper he says well he says 
that in sound, all there is, I'm not going to read inside, but all there is, is grumma. All there is is a one, one molecule pushes another molecule, pushes another molecule, pushes another molecule. That's the way sound travels. Each molecule has to bounce off the next molecule. So you can't say it's necessarily direct action. It's, he calls it grumma. I'm not sure why it's necessarily grumma. Yes. Well, according to him, uh, you, can, you can hear it from um, a headquarters. No, no, they prefer that there's no, then there's no person. Okay, so it's... it's then you would say that it's definitely grumma. Where's the person uh, on, on the telephone? <coughs> well, that, that, on the telephone might be a, more of a problem because it's so far away and there's no connection. You're right, but let's just, let's not, I don't want to get into, you know, like, let's just stay with the speaker. Let's say we're in a shul, we have a guy standing right there, talking to her, at a wedding. You're right, my point is, is the point from what we discussed here, maybe is that you have to see the person while he's talking to the microphone and that's going to consider something. That, that's my point. That's a good question where we're going to draw the line. But he's saying that, I, I think definitely a tape recorder that's not considered any connection. I mean, you can't call that still connected to the person. But, because it's so, it's so timely. That, uh, Joseph Engel is basically saying that, if you read it inside, that since the whole thing is called Akshini, you're not, every time you're pushing and pushing and pushing, so who cares if it goes through a speaker, it's still considered your sound. At the end he says, it's possible that this is not true. Why? And this is what we were saying earlier. It could be that the halacha requires that in order for a sound to be considered your voice, it actually has to be the normal way of speaking. And the Torah doesn't say that the normal way of talking is through the air and using uh, electrical currents and switching things around and making it louder is no good, right? So that's what he says then. It's a possible uh, problem. Um, okay. I think, quickly, I'll quickly just tell you uh, in like two minutes, like a lot of my what people say. I'll just discuss this question of ten people. So Ravadi Yosef says that, says that uh, if you have ten people near the microphone that can hear the sound, you're Yosef. Even though he thinks that the microphone itself is no good. If you could have heard the voice without the microphone, then you're okay. So the question is, is, is that really true? And this is something to think about. I'm not going to discuss it, but we have a rule that when you have two voices at once, then you can't necessarily hear either voice. So in this case, it might be problematic, okay? Ravadi Yosei seems to be relying somewhat on the opinions that say that you can't be okay. Okay? Now with Kalisha, it could be completely irrelevant to all this, but I'd say, well, I'll my myself with Kalisha since I said, I feel I have to talk about Broadway shows. Definitely according to emotion the Chazan is, you say that it is your voice, definitely there's no head there, with for Broadway shows. And even if you say that a speaker is not your voice, but since in a Broadway, it could be that with Kalisha, it's just a question of hearer or the person's perception, and not necessarily the technical voice, it might be a problem. Um, okay, so I'll quickly review. So we had uh, the Rabsal Zaman uh, who said that you can't be okay with the speaker, because the speaker talking through a microphone is completely disconnected to you. It's like having a, uh, a monkey blow the chauffeur for you. And then we had uh, some logical reasons why it might not be true. He said either all sound, or either because using a machine to make a sound might be considered a sound, might be considered speaking. Or perhaps that all sound itself is only a, a, a not directly related action. So making the sound travel through the microphone might also be okay. Okay. So, last thing. <laughs> <laughs>